Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela de Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with disciples of our sweet Gurudev, Paramahansa Yogananda Ji. The Chela de Chela podcast is brought to you by Soul Calls Infinity, a nonprofit devotee run organization dedicated to inspiring an ever deeper, sweeter, devotional communion with the divine and to that end each podcast also features one of the soul calls music meditations i'm your host brenda roberts and in season two along with uniquely inspiring stories of how i found master we will be hearing a number of different approaches to applying the teachings in daily life and we'll see how Guruji guides each according to their temperament, lessons to be learned, and services to be shared. And speaking of services to be shared, devotees in all walks of life are doing a lot of good in the world. And as we get to know a little bit more about some of them through the Chela de Chela podcast, it gives us an opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill, and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. Joining together to help make the world a better place by our prayers for all of creation, by support for our fellow disciples, and through our individual Kriya Yoga practice. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to connect further with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji. Master said in the autobiography, Hundreds of thousands, not dozens merely, of Kriya Yogis are needed to bring into manifestation the world of peace and plenty that awaits men when they have made the proper effort to reestablish their status as sons of the Divine Father. So dear ones, let us walk a little closer together now, ever affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it.
And today we have with us Robert Arnett. Robert, where are you? And welcome. Well, thank you, Brenda, and hello to you. I am located in Columbus, Georgia. Georgia. What's it like in Georgia? I'm thinking of um, uh, Ray Charles already, you know, Georgia. <laughs> well, compared to California and the West Coast, it is hot and humid. Ah, so the folks in Calcutta will be able to relate, right? Yes. That's what it's like there, too. Okay, so is there a group um, near to you, Robert? Where do you attend services? Okay, in Columbus, there is not, but I attend services, and I'm a service leader and participate in the center in Atlanta, Georgia, about two hours away, and it is a great, great center. And, and why do you say that? I mean, all, everybody's going to say their center is great. So what, what is it that particularly moves you? And, and a two-hour drive is laudable. I, I commend you for making that effort. Well, and I suppose as all centers, we have so many sincere, dedicated devotees who make the effort and the vibration in the temple is really, really something wonderful. And even the monks, when they come there, comment on what a wonderful vibration it is in the sanctuary. Wow, okay. So um, I think there's quite a story about that Atlanta group, isn't there, about, about your temple? Tell, just briefly tell everybody around the world about how that happened. Okay, well, we had a, a, you know, just meditation group, but then one of the members said, let's get a temple, and he started the slogan, Temple 2000, but we, and even had buttons made, Temple 2000. We all thought it was a joke, laughed about it. Lo and behold, it did materialize a couple of years later in the year 2000 and that it could it's a beautiful beautiful physical building but as Gurdji would say we got honey in the hive also <laughs> but that temple materializing that quickly is as miraculous to me as the golden temple uh, at Babaji's cave for Lahiri Mahashai. Wow, okay, all right. So um, now let's talk about you just a bit here before we get into the, the nitty gritty and the big question. Um, are you married? Do you have children? Were you born into SRF? Is your spouse, if you have one in SRF, what's your, what's your family profile look like? Well, boy, I have a huge family. I probably have the largest family of anyone you will interview because I've never married and <laughs> I've made all of Gurji's family and to the degree my heart could encompass, uh, you know, the rest of the world too. So uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Good for you. So, all right, let's just jump into that big question. How did you find Guruji? Uh, I'm sure everyone has their own unique story. I was in a business with my brother collecting and selling 
Oriental, African, pre-Columbian antiquities. And I was at an art exhibit in Detroit, Michigan. A guy comes to look at the exhibit, starts talking to me about yoga. Well, being from Columbus, Georgia, I didn't even know what the word meant, Union of Soul and Spirit. But it sounded interesting. He invited me to a yoga meditation service at the Detroit Art Institute Sunday morning. The exhibit didn't open until after lunch. I had time. I went. It was conducted by Guruji's oldest living disciple at that time in the West, Yoga Acharya Oliver Black. And uh, through God's grace, when he explained and gave instructions how to meditate, uh, Divine Mother graced me with a level of consciousness I never even knew existed. But I would like to say, having been given that experience initially, and Brother Nandamoy said often experiences are given to weak devotees in the beginning to speak about. <laughs> Well, after being given the experience, Guruji said, now you earn it. So we've been struggling ever since. <laughs> so that proverbial carrot, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then the honeymoon is over and the work begins. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you described it. Yeah. So um, before we talk about the work, because I would like to do it, talk about the struggle. I, I think we all we all have it, and it's comforting to know that we all have it. Um, but before we get there, um, when was this? Uh, let's see, nineteen sixty-eight. All right, all right. So you've been around the block for a while. When, when you were just a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I travel to India twice a year, and uh, and some of the the younger Indian devotees will ask me because I have this gray hair. How long have you been on the path? And uh, I I was sometimes I would joke with them all the time, longer than you've been in that body, you know. <laughs> well, I won't even answer that question when people ask me because the. Follow-up question to that is, oh, well, tell us what Samadhi's like if you've been on the path so long. Hey, I know exactly. You feel like, oh, my goodness, I should be walking on water by now. And I've said that yeah. more than once, too. So tell me then, um, I, you know, I met um, Mr. Black, uh, Oliver Black, uh, one time at Convocation. And to me, he seemed like he was really grounded. He was a no-nonsense, um, uh, you know, he wasn't a, a bliss baby at all. It seems like he really had a lot of logic going on and, and related to more of the, of the wisdom. Of course, when you get farther along in wisdom, then you, you, you end up at love anyway. But um, what, what was your take? Did you, did you have ongoing relationship with um, uh, Mr. Black? I did not. I would say Gurji used Mr. Black purely to get my attention and get me into SRF. Mm -hmm. All righty. Do you want to talk about the struggles? Because one of the questions that I, I like to um, uh, go to with the devotees are um, the struggles and the dry periods, because it seems like that's where the growth is. Well, in that case, I have a lot of it. <laughs> so, how, how do you deal with it? 
What, do you have a magic bullet? Does it change over the years? Uh, no magic bullet, but my, I would say blessing from Guruji is that I have such, not, I wouldn't even call it faith in Guruji. I would call it inner knowing. And uh, my inner knowing in Guruji and his teachings are so great that, uh, as Guruji says, you know, if you don't find the pearl in the bottom of the ocean, blame your diving, not the ocean. And I think each and every one of us devotees know exactly what we need to do to go deeper. And Guruji even says it, if you're not going deep in meditation, you're not making a great enough effort or persevering long enough. So I know exactly what I need to do too. And so again, just what to do for especially devotees who are troubled by that. I'm not troubled by it at all. That's my sadhana, evidently. But what to do? Keep on keeping on. There you go. There you go. Well, it's interesting that you're not troubled by the struggle or the dry periods because um, uh, for some, when you're enmeshed in these struggles and, and or dry periods, they seem to command the consciousness. So that, that would be either you're, you're really blessed, uh, you know, that you're not, not uh, troubled by them, or as you say, that inner knowing is what keeps you tethered and, and um, uh, keeping on, keeping on. Mm -hmm. I'm really blessed. Gurji loves me so much as he does each and every one of us that, uh, well, in a dry period, it's a great time to work on your devotion. And uh, even if you're not feeling devotion or love for Gurji, just look at the picture and sincerely say, Gurji, I love you. And I'm thinking of Shakespeare, assume the virtue if you have it not. It's nothing hypocritical about saying that if you don't feel it. And in time, for sure, you will feel it. Fantastic. Well, you've just given us a, an answer to my next question, which would have been, how do you cultivate devotion? And uh, you've answered it before the, before the question was asked. Now, let's talk about your work in the world. And I, I want to preface this by saying, um, for all the devotees that are listening, whatever you're doing in the world, it just touches my heart because your very presence and and our very presence and our love for Guruji and our, our struggles and our dry periods and, and our, our um, desire for God union has such a vibration to it for the whole world, you know? Um, so uh, I, I do, I love to talk about what the devotees are doing in the world because the, the things that devotees are involved in are so varied and we all have an opportunity to uh, bring peace to each moment. So tell us what you do, Robert. Well, I'm uh, the author and publisher of two books on India, uh, one an adult book, India Unveiled, and the other a children's book, Finders 
keep us and uh well, let me say right now um this book um india unveiled is such a gorgeous piece of work oh my goodness and it is available at convocation i saw that um in the past years so uh, where did that come from let's talk about it did you what was the inspiration you're a photographer by profession not by profession but frankly i could do it professionally i just I have a wonderful aesthetic. You remember I mentioned I was in the art business, fine arts. Okay. So in other words, I have a very trained off aesthetic for photography. I don't choose to do it professionally. But what brought the book about, I went to India uh, in first trip, 1968, but I did not go to India to do a book, anything. I just went to see what is this India? Who are these people who don't care what your religion is, don't care if you don't have a religion, but through the science of mastering your concentration and mind, it shows you how to know your higher self and then connect that with the universal self. And I just wanted to go see what is this India because when I read Guruji's writings, and I'm sure it must hit everyone, I would assume the same, how could anyone love a country as much as Guruji loved his India? So wow. I just wanted to go see what is this India? Wow, nicely put. Okay, so you went, how long did you? Uh, yes, my first six trips, India, my first three trips to India were for six months each went alone and traveled around to do the photography and traveling alone gosh we in the southern u.s pride ourselves in southern hospitality southern hospitality pales compared to indian hospitality as the guest is god which you know very well from your travels in india and uh so when i got home i was so touched by india Literally, I don't mind sharing this, I was on my hands and knees, tearfully, prayerfully to Guruji, how can I help India? And unbeknown perhaps to many of our uh, American uh, uh, devotees who just don't understand what India is, India doesn't need a thing from the West. <laughs> It's doing fine. We need the spiritual pearl of uh, India to add meaning to our country and individual life. So anyway, gradually the thought came to me, not a flash of writing on the wall of the sky, but gradually do a book, do a book. And I started off in several hundred page written manuscript gradually it evolved into this picture book with text which turned out to be the perfect format for schools and uh, even devotees oh especially devotees and i would say this <clears throat> um uh, those of you that live in india uh, i think this is a beautiful addition to your own um, library of precious books because it so honors uh, the people and the country of India 
it is really, really a work of art. And uh, I commend you, Robert. And I, I hope that everybody gets it because it's, it's a joy and it's inspiring as well. So for any of you that would like to get it at a reduced rate, Robert's making that available um, to the Chela to Chela podcast listeners. So um, do look at the show notes. Okay, I've got two more questions, Robert. One, well, first we should go back because I have not seen the children's book and you want to talk about that just briefly? Yes, it's a true story. I was in India, lost my wallet. A little boy found it, returned it, wouldn't accept a reward and didn't think I should pay him to do what's right. So that's Dharma, of course, righteous action. The little boy taught me what Dharma was. My first trip to India, 1968, I didn't know what it was. And uh, so it's a great message to our uh, kids to, to do what's right and uh, teach them what's right to make themselves feel better and to please God. Fantastic. Okay, I'm glad we covered that. Um, that also will be available at a reduced uh, rate. And so now I want to go to a couple of other things. Um, getting back to Sadna. What pearl of wisdom from your personal experience and perspective would you give to someone that is um, just starting out on the path? What's been the most effective for you? Okay, uh, that's a good question. Uh, oh, I know for sure two things. First, in this honeymoon period, make a great effort, make a tremendous effort, make the greatest effort you can while you have all of this spiritual enthusiasm. And uh, I can say in my own case, and I heard Sister Shanti, who's a wonderful nun, used to be in charge of the Encinitas uh, retreat before she left her body, say the same thing, and I would vouch for for what she said, that tremendous effort I made in my earlier years has carried me so much, even at this time. So one is take advantage of all that devotion, enthusiasm, and use it. And then the second is, of course, read, study, listen to those CDs over and over and over. I love to listen to them in automobile. But uh, Make them your own. And I think Gurji says it far more eloquently and sophisticated than I do. But he says, if you convert truth into experience, you will know God through your own self-realization. So the only way to convert it into experience, in my words, would be make it your own live by it, and then when you need to an answer, what should I do, your conscience will broadcast it to you, but you got to do the homework and groundwork to put all that information in the mind for the mind to replay. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely, and, and well said, and uh, that absolutely was a piece of wisdom, so Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Robert. Now I'm going to ask you the final question. And that is, 
when you get to the other side and you do the little review that we're told that happens of this incarnation, what is it you would like to be able to say about this incarnation of yours? That, Gurji, I love you, and sorry I didn't try harder, but I've done my best with what I have. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we um, conclude this uh, podcast? Well, no, you've covered it so well, uh, your questions. And just as Gurdjie says, keep on keeping on loyalty. If you be loyal to the guru, your liberation is assured. It's just a case of when, not if. So be loyal, summons as much devotion as you can, keep on keeping on. And Guruji says, when we least expect it, God will appear. Yes, and sometimes I think, that would be now, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dear heart, thank you so much for sharing and for making that um, offer available on on your work in the world. And um, Jai Guru. Jai Jai Guru. Dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? So, dear ones, please do share the podcast link with at least one other devotee and join us for the next episode where we will be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. And if you would like entry to the private access pages where guest contact and other information is posted, just email to subscribe to the mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. In closing, let us again listen to this quote of Master. Hundreds of thousands, not dozens merely, of Kriya Yogis are needed to bring into manifestation the world of peace and plenty that awaits men when they have made the proper effort to re-establish their status as sons of the Divine Father. Until next time, let us join together in affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai!